Kia ora, I'm Tim McCready and this is Too Much Talk, a podcast from Onihanga FM. Way back in 1893, Elizabeth Yates became mayor of Onihanga and the first female mayor in the British Empire. She famously said, There is in both borough councils and in Parliament too a great deal too much talk. In season two of Too Much Talk, we'll be speaking to those candidates vying to be the MP for Monga Keke, as well as some local friends and commentators. This election is set to be one of the closest ever, and who you choose to represent us locally can have a big impact on what happens to our part of Aotearoa New Zealand. So listen in and make your vote count. Today I am joined by the Honourable Priyanka Ratakrishnan, the incumbent local MP for Monga Keke. Priyanka is with the Labour Party and in addition to her commitments locally is the Minister for the Community and Voluntary Sector, Disability Issues and Diversity, Inclusion and Ethnic Communities. In this episode, you'll hear more about the work that Priyanka has done over the past three years and hear her unusual skill when she's inside a hardware store. Oh, kia ora, Priyanka, welcome along to the podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us today. Kia ora, Tim. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, I'm sure many of those listening to this podcast will know you, but for those who might not, could you just give us a little bit of a an overview? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm Priyanka Radhakrishnan, and I'm the Member of Parliament for Maunga Kia I'm in my second term in Parliament, um, absolutely loving the role. It's an absolute privilege as well to represent this area. This is my home. I live locally in Onihanga. Um, and uh, I'm also a cabinet minister. I've got a few portfolios that I absolutely love and feel very strongly about as well. Um, fun fact, the first ever home I remember when I was about two years old was on a street called One Tree Hill, even though it was in Singapore. Um, so oh, wow. I feel like it's a bit of a bit of a full circle moment being the MP for Maunga Kiakia. Um, This is the community I love. This is the community I serve, and I hope to be able to continue to do that. Wow, that's an amazing coincidence. And we love we love fun facts on this podcast. So thanks for throwing that one in. Um, you were, interestingly, um, and you've, you've just mentioned this, but you were born in India, um, right? And you went to school in Singapore. Um, yes. What was it that brought you to New Zealand? Yes, I mean, I grew up in Singapore. I there for, you know, about 20 or so um, years. Went to school there, worked for a bit there. Um, my parents went back to India after living in Singapore for 30 odd years. Um, and I knew it was just a matter of time before I moved as well. I was also at a point in my life when anyone who knows Singapore will know that it's, um, you know, it's, it's a lovely place. It's very clean. It's very safe. It's very, in a sense, predictable. It's, um, I wanted to kind of step out of my comfort zone. I wanted to go somewhere different where I didn't know anyone mm. uh, and to, to an extent kind of chart my own course. New Zealand ticked the boxes, uh, ticked many boxes for me. Firstly, I've always worked in the women's rights space. And so the fact that women won the right to vote, you know, first in the Western world here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, was one that um, I always held close to my heart. I wanted to move somewhere that had wide open spaces, wasn't quite as built up um, as mm. a city. Um, and also I wasn't brave enough to go anywhere where English wasn't the first language. So. <laughs> um, and I didn't know a soul in New Zealand, so it ticked that box for me as well. It wasn't like I could rely on anyone, um, you know, to, 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 to do what I did here. I had to kind of fend for myself, and that was attractive at that point in time as well. 
Yeah, amazing. So I moved here to Palmerston North in the middle of winter from sunny, hot Singapore. Uh, fun fact for you. Did you know that uh, the the mayor of Onehunga was the first uh, female mayor in the British Empire? Yes, indeed. And that's Elizabeth pretty exciting. Yates, yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Yates, incredibly uh, exciting. Other fun fact for you, I actually started my career in New Zealand in Onehunga on Church Street. I had my first ever job interview um, and worked for a refuge organization based here. This was a long time ago now. Um, and so it's a suburb that I have loved for, for a very long time. Wow, cool. Okay, so you mentioned um, uh, that this is your second term um, uh, as an MP. Um, what was it that attracted you to uh, to join the Labour Party? Um, so I joined the Labour Party about two years after I moved to New Zealand. Um, it was, I kind of call myself a bit of an accidental politician because my boss at the time was running for parliament. She got me involved in her campaign. And then I found out, you know, my family's always been small p political, always. We've been taught from a young age to think through issues and to debate issues and read about them, but never been party political. Um, so when I came here and started um, volunteering on her campaign, I found out a bit more about the Labour Party. Helen Clark was prime minister at the time. Um, and a, a lot about Labour in terms of Labour values, I found reflected the values that I've um, been brought up with and that I hold on to. And at the time, Labour, um, you know, I could see the work that the Labour Party and government was doing for migrant ethnic communities more broadly as well. And I thought that was really important as the makeup and the demographics of New Zealand changed. Mm, yeah, cool. So and I, I joined and I stayed. Yeah, interesting. And interesting that that does overlap with some of your ministerial portfolios uh, that you've been working on. We'll come back. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, but but first, I wanted to talk about um, Monga Kike. So you're obviously the incumbent um, and it's a seat which you, you've held since the last election in 2020. Um, I was going to ask you, what is it that connects you to Monga Kike? But I think you've already touched on quite a lot of that. So you, you live there and your first job uh, was uh, in Onehunga. Uh, but is there anything else you'd like to add to, to your connection to, to Mongakeke? Yeah, look, I, I love this electorate. It's an incredibly diverse electorate um, in every which way. Every part of Mongakeke has its own identity or its own um, characteristics, the different suburbs. Um, about 35% of this electorate is made up of people from ethnic communities, about 14.5%. Uh, Pacifica, um, we've got you know pretty large uh, a pretty large young population as well, particularly here in Onehunga. Um, so there's a lot I think that that I that I love, like the, I love the diversity of this electorate is one that I absolutely love. We've got a really large number of community organisations based in this electorate as well. That of mm. course is the sector that I come from um, prior to entering Parliament. Um, so yeah. I think just this, there, there's some things that connect me with this place, but there's a lot that I love about this place. And so I choose to call it home and love representing it. Yeah, great. And and on that, we, um, in the first episode of this podcast series, we spoke with um, uh, Denise Lee and Josephine Bartley just about the work of um, councillors versus local MPs and, and how they work together and, that, and, and the issues that local MPs uh, get involved in. What are, if you think back over the last three years, what are some of the highlights um, that you would point to uh, in terms of your work uh, as a local MP for Mongakeke? Yeah, so interesting. Um, I mean, there are some overlaps there in terms of the work. And also, it's a separation that I 
have come to realize that local residents don't often hold in their minds. So I get a lot of requests from constituents around, for example, issues with local roads. That sits squarely in the Auckland Transport. Mm. Auckland Council um, mm. area of work. But of course, as an elected representative, I can lend my voice to a number of those issues. And I often have over the time that I've been the local member of parliament. One of the issues when I uh, stood for this electorate for the first time back in sort of 2016, 2017, was housing. I remember talking to a young um, a young woman, you know, she was a mother of two young children, um, lived in the electorate. I happened to talk to her in her last week where she had been working as a teacher aide in a local school. You know, typical story, she'd gone over to Australia for a while, she got married, had a couple of kids, wanted to come back home so that she was close to family while she was bringing up her kids um, here mm. and um, was living with her family for what she thought would be a temporary period of time. When I met her, it had been two and a half years. She'd been living in like a three-bedroom family uh, home with about 16 family members and had to leave the job she loved because she couldn't see herself affording um, her mm. first home here. So housing has been a massive issue. It's one that I've um, advocated strongly for in terms of more housing builds in this area. We've delivered about 500 um, public homes in Mongakeke alone with 460 on the way in train at the moment. Um, and it's something that I'll continue to advocate for because this is a great place to live. There are more families wanting to come here so we need housing for them. The flip side of that is um, role growth as population increases here for our local schools. So I've been advocating with, or con you know, so much of my role is a connector role as a member of parliament. Schools yeah. have issues, they'll come to me. It might be that conversations with the ministry aren't quite going as they planned or there are some hiccups along the way. I can broker those conversations. I know how parliament works. I know how government works. You know, it's, it's also useful being a local MP on the government benches because the conversations you're having are with colleagues as well. Mm. So it's, I, f I feel that's so much better for um, electorates in a, in a sense. So I've been doing, I'm, I'm proud of the work that I've done there in terms of brokering some of those um, conversations and relationships. When the trains stopped in Onihunga, that was a massive issue. Um, Auckland Transport was being really iffy about whether they'd put on bus replacements. I lobbied hard for those bus replacements uh, for Onihunga, and they put them in. I'm sure lots of other people lobbied as well, but that's part <laughs> of my um, role is to push for these things to ensure that I'm, I've got the backs of my constituents, you know? Mm. Um, and so those things that I'm, I feel proud about. The other point that I'll make really quickly so some of it is the um, the larger sort of more structural changes that you want to see for your area. The other part of the role of a local MP is the individuals that we work with in my office that we collectively work with. There have been a number of, um, as I mentioned, we're a diverse electorate when it comes to mm. ethnicity as well. I've worked um, personally with a number of uh, individuals who've had some really gnarly interesting immigration cases where my background and my um, worldview, I guess, or perspectives as someone off from an ethnic community myself has meant that I've been able to understand the context that they come from and I've been able mm -hmm. to lobby for them. And we've had some really positive outcomes um, from that as well. And I, I feel strongly that that uh, speaks to why diversity is important in the House of Representatives. Yeah, great. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for taking the time to explain that because I think um, it, it definitely is a bit of a black hole sometimes when people um, try to think about 
you know, the different roles within government and what it is that a local MP um, does. So that's that's really helpful. So I think it can be obviously quite satisfying when you're able to help people out and and make their lives easier. And I know that this is a job that you love and that you want to you want to uh, to have again. But what would you say is the hardest thing about being a local MP? The hardest thing. <laughs> At the moment, it's the fact that we don't control the local roads and we can't fix all of them. But um, no, the hardest thing about the about being um, a local MP, I mean, it's been interesting juggling the different aspects of my role. So both um, I won the electorate. I got the news that I'd won the electorate on the same day that I was sworn in as a minister. And so juggling the time that I spend in Wellington versus the time that I spend in the electorate has been interesting. Um, and I've had to be really strategic to make that work. But I knew that, you know, many times people would um, would say that they don't see me around in cafes on a Monday. They're used to the previous local MP doing that. Roles are a little bit different depending on what your responsibilities are um, in sure. in Parliament. So I started putting up a board outside. Um, one of my one of my volunteers suggested, "Why don't you just tell people where you are and what you're doing?" So we put it, started putting a board outside the electorate office so that people knew where I was and that I wasn't just not being around. That was actually in Parliament, in Wellington for Cabinet or something like that, you know. Mm. Um, so that's been interesting. Actually, um, what you started with, not a lot of people know what local MPs do. So it's been um, interesting explaining actually what our role is and what the councillor's role um, is so mm. that we can be effective. But also often um, when you are engaging with government agencies uh, and brokering those relationships, as I said previously, you sometimes do hit brick walls, you know? So it's sometimes a challenge getting around that, getting the right people to speak to at the other end. Um, but I have found, as I said previously, being on the government benches as well has made that side of things um, a little bit more streamlined. So there's always brick walls that you come up against. You've got to find creative ways to get around them. Mm. Yeah, and you've um, you've sort of led right into the next thing I want to ask you about, which is your ministerial responsibilities. And you'll have to um, tell me if my if my research was correct here, or if I've missed anything, or or am giving you a job that you don't have. But it seems, in addition to being the MP for Mongakiki, you also uh, you're the minister for the uh, community and voluntary sector uh, for disability issues. Uh, diversity, inclusion, and ethnic communities. Is that all of your ministerial portfolios there? Have I got them? Those are my main ones. I'm also Associate <laughs> Social Development and Employment and Associate uh, Workplace Relations and Safety. Great. Okay. That's yeah. a, that's uh, very comprehensive. What would you say has been your big highlight uh, in terms of the ministerial work that you've been doing? Oh, that is a really tough question because I love <laughs> them all. And I, yeah. you know, there's such a theme of diversity and inclusion through all of those portfolios. Mm. Community and voluntary sector, sector that I come from, you know, I've run a charitable organization myself. I understand how it works. I understand how difficult it is to focus on your day to day work, but also do the funding applications constantly mm. um, and sort of navigate charity, uh, you know, charities law. So as the minister, I've been able to um, uh, basically modernize the Charity the Charities Act, make it a little bit more, a little bit easier for charities to navigate reduce reporting requirements for very small organizations. And the other part of what I've done there is to look at how we strengthen volunteering um, uh, in New Zealand as well. With ethnic communities, um, I got to set up a ministry. So our communities have been lobbying for a ministry for ethnic communities for, God, about a decade or 15 years now. 
So being mm. able to deliver that and lead the work of the ministry to ensure that the voices of these communities are heard at the top levels of decision-making in government has been um, hugely satisfying. The disabilities portfolio is massive. FICAHA, the Ministry of Disabled People, uh, was established just over a year ago. And you know, as far as I understand, it's the first of its kind globally. And that represents a shift of how we look at disabilities from a medical model of needing to fix the disabled person to a social model of having to take down barriers and fix society so that people are supported to thrive. Mm. Um, you know, close to 24% of New Zealand identifies as having a disability, as being disabled. About 20% of our population identifies with an ethnic community. So um, these are groups, both groups, who have felt that their voices haven't been heard at government levels for a long time. So huge amounts of work to be done there. Um, very difficult to pick a portfolio that I, it's a bit like your children, right? Like you can't, you can't pick a kid. Oh, yeah, I know. I didn't actually think you'd answer that question by picking good one. <laughs> yeah, so a bunch of things across them, but it's all about what's the kind of society that we want to create? Is it one where everyone's able to feel safe, valued, respected, a sense of belonging, an accessible, inclusive, society where we actually see diversity as a strength. And if we do, and I believe that we should, I believe we're stronger as a nation, not in spite of our diversity, but because of it, mm. then the onus is on us to take steps to make it more accessible and inclusive so that these communities can thrive. And yeah, it's, um, it's areas that I feel really strongly about. And so it's such a privilege to be able to work in these spaces as Associate MSD I lead all of MSD's work on family violence prevention. So that's the area that I come from largely prior to mm. entering parliament. Um, so being able to start up a piece of work again, you know, making sure that things like the It's Not Okay campaign, we launched a new campaign for young New Zealanders focused on, um, you know, uh, the harm that occurs around breakups um, and giving them an avenue to be able to navigate some of some of that. Mm. Um a whole stream focused on looking at family violence within ethnic communities, progressing the work for Pacific um, and Māori communities in those spaces as well, making sure that we, you know, for the first time we've got a 25-year vision to end family violence. MSD plays a, a significant role in that. So ensuring that we fix those gaps so that people stop falling between them and and dying. You know, it's it's been work that I've done all my life and it's a privilege to lead at this level as well. Mm, Pay really, transparency yeah. in the workplace relations space as well. <laughs> Made a recent right, announcement right. around that. <laughs> right, we've got to draw the line I on the question. Um but but good to hear good to hear that and, and very important work, um, as you say. Um but but for the, I mean, for the for, for the rest of this podcast, we'll zoom in on on Monga Kiki. We'll talk about a couple of local issues. Um, sure. I wonder when you're when you're out and about uh, talking to people in Monga Kiki. Obviously not on Mondays because you're sitting around the cabinet table in Wellington on those on that day. Um, but when you are out and, out and about, what are the big issues that you're um, you're seeing and hearing from people um, that you think they'll be thinking about as they go to uh, vote in this election? You've already touched on uh, public transport and, and housing, but uh, don't yeah. know if, the, if those are the things you're hearing at the moment. Yeah, look, I think transport's always been a significant issue, particularly for Onihonga, and I think it will continue to be. Um, I think it's fair to say I've been knocking on uh, a number of doors, particularly mm. of late, and a lot of what I'm hearing is around the cost of living and um, just the struggle struggles, you know, when you're at the petrol pump or at the mm. supermarket. And so that's an area um, 
that we're focusing on more broadly um, as a government, as a party. Uh, we've got a cost of living plan that in, you know includes things like uh, free prescriptions. So scrapping the $5 prescription fee. I've been visiting local pharmacies who've told me that they've seen a significant uptake in local families accessing um, medication because it's free now. And in fact, I was talking to a pharmacist when a um, you know, a, a, a young man and his, and his child came in and the first question they asked was, do we have to pay um, for the prescriptions currently? And, you know, they don't have to anymore. So so yeah. that's helping to keep local families healthier um, and out of the hospital system. Half price free public transport for those under 25 um, is another way in which families are, are being supported to to save some money, um, extending 20 hours free early childhood education to two-year-olds um, as well. Free dental care eventually for everyone, starting with those under 30. So all of those things are either things that we're doing or we've committed to doing and costed um, uh, if we are to form government post-October 14th that will have um, a specific benefit on local Mongekeke families as well. I also remember talking to some older uh, constituents in their in their uh, in their flats who told me about the benefit of the winter energy payment for them because mm -hmm. they are now being supported to be able to pay for um, uh, heating through winter months. So cost of living is definitely one that is on um, people's minds at the moment. The other is around safety as well. So we've had yes. you know quite a yeah. spate of whether it's ram raids or burglaries around the area, um, and I've as much as I can, popped in to visit each of those businesses once something like that has happened, um, mm. uh, liaised with our local cops as much as possible to ensure that they're getting the support that they need. Sometimes they don't haven't heard from victim support, so that's the kind of practical things that we, I can do as the local MP to connect them to support services and also talk to them about what we're doing in this space. It's a, it's a gnarly area. There's no silver bullet there. Um, uh, but it's definitely one that's on people's minds at the moment as well, along with things like housing and public transport, as you've mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing um, uh, about Mangakeke that's quite interesting is that it's a bit of a, many people call it a sort of a bellwether seat, right? It swings back and forth. It's sort of swung between National and Labour. Um, there's also a candidate running from the Green Party and one from ACT. What, uh, what do you think it is that you offer uh, that sets you apart from the other candidates uh, that are running? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm the only candidate who is a sitting MP at the moment. Um, so, you know, if 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 um, if Monga Keke is after an experienced and an effective member of Parliament, I believe that uh, I am that. I've been in Parliament for two two terms, mm. um, having been in government myself. I understand how both government and Parliament works. Um, and so I can make so much, as I mentioned, of my role is about making those connections. I know how and where to make those connections for local businesses, schools, community organizations and individuals. I live locally. I live in Onihonga. I can say that I'm the only candidate who lives in Onihonga um, as well. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I'm, 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 I live local. I love the area. I know what the issues are and I can affect change in Parliament. Yeah. So okay. Let's um. Let's fast forward then a, a few years and and um. Let's just say you're you're back again as um as the MP for Mongakeke. What is your vision for Mongakeke? What would you like to see um that little part of Auckland become? The slice of paradise. Um. You know, as I said, firstly, we are a very diverse um electorate. I want us to be. 
I guess it's a microcosm of what I want to see our society to be more broadly. You know, a place that is safe, whether that's on the streets, at home, at work. One where we take down the barriers. We understand the different people who live here and understand where they're coming from a little bit better. I want to build um, communities, you know. It's not just, so it's about the people. It's about ensuring that as we increase our housing numbers, we do so in a way that we also increase public transport options so people can get around in ways in which they choose. I've been talking to local groups who want better walking and cycling routes across Monga Kiekia. So I've actually sat and mapped these out on a map to figure out where our cycling and walking routes currently exist, where they end. And I will advocate for better options, whether that's mm. bus, train, walking, cycling, so that then you also free up the roads for those who do need to drive. And there will always be those who do. But climate change is an issue. And we all, you know, it comes down to the electorate level as well. When you have better transport options, then you're also addressing some of those drivers of uh, carbon emissions and climate change more broadly. We mm. need green spaces. I think we're blessed to have one of the best parks um, right here in terms of Cornwall Park. But as we build housing, public transport networks, we also need to make sure that we have those public green spaces for children to play in, for families to take a breather in. Um, it's it's the healthy thing to do as well. Mm -hmm. Then there's the social infrastructure. So you've got the public infrastructure off, off the area that we live in. And then you've got the social infrastructure, continuing to support local community organizations. As I mentioned previously, I don't have a comparative figure, but the sense that I get going out and meeting with community organizations is that we have so many that are based here in the electorate. I've created an NGO network for NGOs to come together. You know, being from the sector myself, I know that sometimes you get sort of buried in the work that you're doing and often don't get the chance or the space or the time to connect with other organizations who are working with the same families. So I've provided that platform over the last six years that I've been here for them to come together and meet and for them to meet directly with decision makers, whether that's in local government or ministers as well. Started a youth-focused network as well. Um, so bringing together organizations working with our youth locally. I'd want to keep those things going and continue to advocate for, for them and support them to get the funding and other resources that they need um, to be able to thrive as well. Supporting our local businesses to be able to thrive in a similar way, our local schools, all of those also add to both the vibe and the character of our electorate, but um, the so social infrastructure of our area as well. All of that is what I will do um, if re-elected as the local MP. Clearly a well-thought-out vision. Uh, the, the, last, the last part of this podcast is the, uh, the quick fire round, which is personally my favorite round because it allows us to just get to know you in a slightly different way. So I've got a, a few questions here for you. And the first one I'll ask is, could you name a political figure from another party that you look up to? Someone, someone local uh, in New Zealand. Uh, look, I'd probably pick James Shaw, actually. Um, I've had a little bit to do with him uh, in terms of um, being ministers as well. And I find that he's always got what he says is always well thought through and well articulated. And I really mm. like that. If you if you had to recommend a TV series to a friend that's you know desperate for something new to watch, uh, what would you suggest? A TV series. I haven't done a lot of TV watching. Um, uh, of, <laughs> or a of movie. Late. I'd let you get away with a movie if that's if that's easier. No, I'll stick with TV series. <laughs> I've watched even fewer um, movies. I have to say, um, I really liked you. Have you watched you? 
I think I watched the first creepy. season. It's now it's been going for quite a while, right? Yeah, the first season was the best, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I would probably recommend that if someone likes um, psychological thrillers, I thought it was very well, very well done. The other one that I loved was Orphan Black. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I haven't um, seen that. It. But it's oh, well worth um, uh, um, uh, watching that as well. And it's very well acted, I thought. I won't give anything away, but if, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Um, for this one, which out of interest, what supermarket do you shop at? Uh, Countdown. Okay, so I want you to imagine you're at Countdown. Uh, you're standing in the in that aisle where they've got all the chocolate and the confectionery, and you feel like something a bit sweet. Uh, what would you be picking up and putting in your trolley? So, someone gave me this actually as part of my birthday present, and I'm now hooked onto it. Uh, I like coffee, and so yes. the Whitaker's Flat White Chocolate is my current oh. favorite. Oh, is that one of those so gourmet good. ones in the sort of cardboard? Yeah, it's one of those, oh, but it's, it. it's so good. <laughs> And New Zealand chocolate rose. And what would you say is the most unexpected or interesting skill or hobby that you have outside of politics? And I can see for those that are not watching this, uh, watching the video of this, I see you've got a treadmill behind you. So I wonder if you're going to say, <laughs> if you're going to say running. God, no. Um, that's for necessity, not because I enjoy doing it. Um, it's because otherwise I uh, won't fit into my clothes. Um but actually, it also makes me feel better when I do a bit of exercise, so I force mm. myself to. Mm. Um, but skill or hobby, um, oh, gosh. Actually, it's one of the things of being in Parliament, right? You don't really have time for hobbies. I used You're to love to read to for yeah. pleasure, but now I read so much for work. i tell you a skill, though, that, that is underrated that um, I think I have. I'm trying to convince my husband that this is a really worthwhile skill. Um, I'm really good at spotting or finding stuff in hardware stores. I'm not oh. a handy person myself, but I kind of, yeah, I'm going to go with that being my superpowers. I just know where to find stuff in hardware stores. Really oh, that's quickly. amazing. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Maybe not your next career move, you could end up in Bunnings or something. <laughs> who knows? Um, brilliant. Okay. And um, for someone um, for someone that's listening to this, let's just say someone uh, who's early on in their career and they've sort of seen your trajectory and they're quite interested in following in your footsteps. What's one piece of advice that you would pass on to them? So the House of Representatives is best when it's representative of society, of the country that we serve, right? So there's no real one path there. All of us in there come from different walks of life, different perspectives, and I think that's what makes any team stronger. So really, I'd say do what you love doing. Find what you're passionate about, what would actually get you out of bed each day. Do that really well, and then figure out if you if parliament is what you want to get to because you can make change at every level anywhere you are parliament is the place where you make change on a mass scale um, and change legislation so if that's what you want um, to do then figure out what area you feel really strongly about where the gaps are and what you actually want to change um, and then the way that i did it was to join a political party to find one that has values that reflect your own get involved and stand yeah great good advice um and finally uh what is your favorite thing about onihanga and why do you love it so many things that i love about onihanga um i think one that stands out the overall thing that stands out for me is the vibe of onihanga right like it's got a bit of this a, a bit of a high street vibe even mm -hmm. though 
We also have Dress Mart that attracts lots of people that hasn't actually sucked the character of Onihonga out uh, in the way that you've seen in, in other places sometimes. Mm. So I love that. I love the fact that we are, even Onihonga is just really diverse. I love the murals on the wall. I love places like Everybody Eats that, you know, is socially conscious as well. We've got no dearth of options when it comes to eating out or shopping local um, as well. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think I'm going gonna go with the vibe, really. You can right. walk everywhere. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay. And 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 final final question uh, for the people that are listening to this that are trying to decide who they should vote for. What's your what's your pitch to them as to why they should vote for you? You should vote for me if you want um, a member of parliament who is experienced, who's effective, who loves local communities, and has your back. Nice. Oh, that was that was shorter than I expected, but a good answer. <laughs> um, I keep going if you want. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to actually interrupt you, so that's perfect. Um, Priyanka, thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us. I know this is an incredibly busy time for you, and uh, we really do appreciate the chance to just hear a little bit more about the past three years and your vision for our little part of Auckland. And I think it also says something about New Zealand politics that it was almost no effort at all to, to get you on and to be able to speak with a cabinet minister um, in government. So thanks very much, and all the very best for the campaign ahead. Thank you so much, Tim. I've really enjoyed this. So thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to another episode of Too Much Talk. We are making these podcasts to help people be as informed as they can be ahead of the election. The success of this podcast relies on people like you helping us reach a wider audience. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please spread the word about us with your friends and neighbours or give us a review in your favourite podcast app. I'll be speaking with all of Maunga Kekia's local candidates in the lead up to this year's election. So stay tuned for more conversations. Connect with me on social media if you'd like to get in touch or share your thoughts. I'm Tim underscore McCready on Twitter, Instagram, threads. And finally, a massive thanks to my producer, Josh Couch, the creative genius behind Onihanga FM and the person who made this podcast a reality. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to make your vote count on October 14th.